Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Fan Text Line is brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates, a personal injury law firm where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. Thanks, by the way, to Paul for the uh, very kind words. Uh, checks in the mail, Paul. But uh, sadly, I have bad news for Paul. I will I will not be back on Pirates pre and post this year. Um, so I hate to... I hate to let him down. I do. It's definitely bittersweet for sure, but um, if if... You don't follow me on social media, you probably wouldn't have heard, but I took a job, a full-time job outside of uh, the radio industry, still communications-wise uh, with the WPGA here in Pittsburgh. But I'll still be doing some shows like this. I'll still be doing a little play-by-play broadcasting as well. Um, but Pirates pre and post because of the the schedule conflicts um, in the spring and summer, unfortunately, uh, I, I have announced my at least – you know, temporary retirement. You never know what's going to happen, but a retirement from Pirates pre and post after two very wonderful years of, uh, unfortunately, uh, more more losses than wins, but some entertaining baseball along the way. Uh, but thanks to Paul. I really appreciate that. That was uh, very kind uh, of him to say all that. All right, uh, let's uh, stop talking about me and start talking about Jeff Hathorn, who joins us now, our sports director here at The Fan. Hi, Jeff. How are you? Josh, I don't know if you heard. I, I was told that you were still going to do the West Coast game, though, <laughs> because you enjoyed that so much. I, you know, I certainly did. There were definitely times where uh, I was getting home at three a.m. after watching a baseball game, and I thought, "Boy, this was a, a really, really Jason fun Claire. night." It was uh, thirteen to one, the final, and uh, boy, what a great night it was. You know, it's the good part about working really early or really late. Man, there's no tunnel traffic. That's, that's well, just glorious. That's that's a very fair point. But uh, yeah, the uh, I, that's something that I probably won't miss a ton of is the ten oh five pirate starts. I'll be I'll be in bed probably uh, somewhere by the third inning for uh, for most of those games. Uh, Jeff, a little bit of uh, Steeler news tonight. Eddie Faulkner. Uh, we'll we'll start there. They've actually made a couple of uh, headlines here tonight, but we'll start with Eddie Faulkner reportedly going to be retained and extended. Uh, any surprise there with that? Someone from the you know old regime of offensive coaches stays around, and Eddie Faulkner? Not at all. Not at all. I mean, he is he's tight with Mike Tomlin. They have a, gr- a really good relationship. You could make the argument of all the position coaches, and you saw improvement in their room, and you, you saw that. You know, him being able to lead, him being able to figure out a rotation, uh, him keeping guys, uh, you know, figuring out that mix. And then when he took over as offensive coordinator, man, the first thing you heard from players was how everybody started getting on the same page, 
how he had this innate leadership ability um, to just rally guys. And you kind of knew at that point, like, okay, this guy, no matter what happens, unless it goes really south, um, when the change was made, Faulkner's got a place. Like, there's just something about him um, that not just his running backs room, but the offense likes. So, yeah, I'm not I'm not surprised that, that Eddie stays around. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if with that extension comes maybe an expanded role. We'll see how exactly that plays out. Well, that that's maybe along the lines of what I was going to ask you. I mean, this was a guy that – you know, up until a couple of weeks ago, Jeff was the interim offensive coordinator, and now he's what back into his role. Is there some sort of run game coordinator position or something like that that they could find for him? Do you think? Yeah, I'm, I'm anticipating maybe even if it's not officially put that way, uh, that he will have a, a bigger because you know he wants to advance, and the one thing that's holding him back from advancing is the fact he has no play calling experience. Remember, Mike Sullivan obviously called the plays uh, when they when he was the interim offensive coordinator. So, you know, and, and Tomlin couldn't make as much as he likes Eddie Faulkner. He couldn't make him offensive coordinator because they needed someone with play calling experience. Like even Tomlin could read the room enough to know, like, hey, this isn't going to happen. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if we'll officially see it in the title, but I, I'll guarantee you that he's going to have more of a role in that this coming year because he, you know, he wants to move forward with his career. Not saying he necessarily, Eddie I'm talking about here wants to leave the Steelers, but he's got to get some of that experience so he can take that next, next step. Jeff, who is Tom Arth, the Steelers new quarter uh, quarterbacks <laughs> coach? Who is he? And what does he bring to the table for them? You don't follow the Ohio athletic conference. He's the former head coach of the John Carroll blue streaks. Uh, and was a former standout player at John Carroll, which is a D3 school. A lot of coaches come from John Carroll, though, right? That's a very popular coaching true. tree school, right? That and Miami of Ohio uh, and Baldwin-Wallace have all been uh, big coaching tree schools. But, yeah, I mean, he, he was coach of the year in, the, in their conference when he took over his alma mater. Listen, he's a quarterback, played in the league a little bit. He was a backup to Peyton Manning uh, for a couple of years. Um, and then, you know, work with the San Diego Chargers. I I don't know how much to credit or blame him for what did or did not happen with San Diego and Justin Herbert, um, but at least he has been around two elite quarterbacks. So even if it's just by watching or osmosis, however it is, at least he's been around some guys that can play the position. And, you know, we'll see. We don't know too much about how that relationship is going to work, but you know, he's been recently has been a college coach. Obviously, his last job was at a quarterback's coach with San Diego. He should bring some different ideas, even if it didn't work out. Or excuse me, San Diego with Los Angeles, um, with the Chargers. He should have some different ideas. And listen, as much as I was saying glowingly about A.D. Faulkner, you know, Mike Sullivan did a nice job calling plays, but they had to bring in another voice. You just couldn't say all you said about needing a person that can you know, work with quarterbacks and then just have the same guy be the quarterbacks coach. Uh, so they brought in Tom Arth. He's relatively unknown. Um, we'll see if they've struck gold or if this is just someone um, who's lesser known for a reason. Jeff, will Mike Sullivan still have a role with the Steelers? You know, that's what they're working out and that's where roles get tricky. I don't mind them keeping Sullivan as a, 
as a senior consultant, that doesn't even have to be senior, as a consultant, as some type of advisor, some of these roles that you see on the Chiefs and also the 49ers coaching staffs, like if he wants to oversee or sit in meetings and say, hey, I think this would be, these would be some good calls, I think that's a great role for Mike Sullivan if he is willing to do a role like that. Um, I think that's where he best fits. I think day-to-day operations, give it to somebody else, let Sullivan kind of dance around the offense. Uh, if you foresee a role for him, that's what I think it would be. Talking with Jeff Hathorne, our sports director here at The Fan. Uh, the other news tonight, Jeff, uh, Mitch Trubisky, Presley Harvin, Chooksakor for all released by the Steelers. Any surprise there? And and what do those things, uh, I guess, mean for their respective positions going forward? No, I mean, I guess the most surprising would be Harvin, that they didn't stick it out for a final year of his contract. Um, but, you know, Tom even said it, how he's inconsistent, uh, especially as games, you know, got bigger down the stretch. I think Presley's a good dude. He, he's dealt with some very tough personal issues, and I feel for him in that regard. Um, but it, enough was enough. I mean, this is a team that couldn't score, and they also c- couldn't have a punter they could rely on to help them out with their defense. I mean, they, how rarely did he pin somebody back? And how valuable would that have been if they would have had somebody that could have pinned a team back here or there? Um, they, they needed to make a change. They gave him every opportunity to show what he can do. And just over the span of those three seasons, he just he couldn't get it done. And I, I think their eyes were open a little bit to two things. One, when Brad Wing came in and he was immediately better. And two, when Corliss Waitman had a good season and he was kind of a practice. You remember him, the yeah. practice squad punter. And I, I think they – realized okay you know we can't do this anymore there are plenty of other good legs we need to give it a shot and as much as they tried to dress him up as the greatest holder on the history of the game uh he wasn't that great and you can find other holders it's not like you know how many botch snaps do you see in the nfl we saw a couple of really good placements in the game last night yeah i mean a lot of people can do that position so I, I think those were the people that worked for the organization that were trying to sell the fact that, well, they, they keep this guy, so what can we say this positive? Oh, yeah, he holds it. He holds it really well. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Uh, Mitch Trubisky, let's talk about him next, Jeff. Uh, It just didn't work out here. Uh, Where does he go next, do you think? What's next for Mitch Trubisky? Is anything 
next for Mitch Trubisky. And, uh, boy, it just seemed like that was an experiment that had a ton of upside and potential and just tell, it just fell totally flat. Yeah, in two years he's gone from being a guy that, that was anointed the starting quarterback with the, with the, you know, with the Pittsburgh Steelers, the guy who was going to you know, follow Ben Roethlisberger, to now being a guy that's going to go into somebody's camp to fight to be a backup. Uh, he'll get an opportunity, and he'll be able to, you know, you know, his selling point when he talks to teams or his agent talks to teams is, listen, I'm not bad, but that offense sucked. Matt Canada stinks. He, he tried to, he ruined my career. I'm really better than what, than what, you know, Matt Canada allowed me to do. And that will be his, his selling point because of his arm and because of his mobility, somebody will give him a chance, but I mean, I don't think he'll go anywhere and even be a lock to be a backup. He'll have a chance to fight to be a backup. Um, but in a, you know, his two years here have, have taken it, his career where, you know, he was a, backup to a pretty good quarterback in Buffalo to now being a guy who's just fighting to stay in the NFL. Chooks a core for, uh, he goes as well, Jeff. Um, any surprise there? Uh, is, is it more money related or more performance related? Or I, I guess we could take the easy way out and say it's a combination of both, right? Yeah, I think it's, I, I think it's more the 8.7 million reasons as opposed to even his performance. And listen, we talked to Chooks after the season and, He's like, he didn't want to speak to what his future was, but he knew. I mean, the minute that Broderick Jones went in there, he knew that it was over. Much like Kevin Dotson knew when they signed Isaac Sayamalu that his time with the Steelers was over. Uh, Chooks had an idea, especially, I mean, smart enough to figure out the cap hit, what they could save by releasing him. You know, it's interesting. You look up the PFF rankings. He is the highest rated t- tackle on that team last year. And uh, now he's looking for a job. Interesting. Um, Jeff, yeah. uh, let's let's dive into some other sports while we have you because you're not just a football man. You you, you bounce around, certainly. Um, at, you were at the Penguins today. I know you texted me this earlier. Uh, it, it seems like a very, very precarious spot that they are living in right now. They are, they've lost more. When you count OT, they've lost more games than they've won. Uh, that was the case last season as well. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about Jay Gensel's future with them. Where do you see the rest of this season going? Is this something that can be salvaged with what they have right now? Yeah, it was a bad weekend. I mean, it's one thing to lose one, but that was a seventh place team and a third place team that had lost five in a row in Winnipeg. Uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta at least get some points out of there, even if they're overtime losses and you gotta, you gotta get something that, and you know, that started the, First period, I, I I get it. You're coming off back-to-back games. But other teams come off back-to-back games. The start of that first period was bad. And then they started that trading chances thing. What we felt good about on Tuesday of them playing responsible hockey went by the wayside in just a matter of two games. And now they've got to get back to doing that again and playing the responsible and not – with every game that they blow is more – that you're going to see that risky hockey because in their mind, we got to make something happen. And that's just going to be, unfortunately, I worry that that's going to be their downfall unless they get on a run and they haven't had more than a three game winning streak this year. If they can get on a run and maybe really cement in their heads that this is the way to play. My fear is they're going to revert back to, to this fire wagon hockey that they seem to go back to. The positive is Eric Carlson's starting to play some good hockey for them. Um, that's a positive. Even though you don't see consistent 
consistently on the power play, he's starting to play some some decent hockey. So, you know, if he starts playing better, maybe that can manufacture into some other areas. But I, I don't have a lot of good feelings. You know, I did after Tuesday's game, but after this weekend, they're really going to have to show me something to show me that they're they're a team that could hell not contend for the cup, but contend to to win a playoff series. Let's continue to go around the world here with uh, Jeff Hathorne, and we'll touch on the Pirates next, Jeff. The Pirates making some news during the Super Bowl. Typically, it's bad news that the Steelers uh, or that the uh, Pirates rather release when it's during some sort of big event, but they go and they sign Yasmani Grandal, um, a catcher, Jeff. And I, I have to wonder, Henry Davis, does this indicate that perhaps the thought that Henry Davis would catch a lot? or a decent bit for them? Has that gone by the wayside now? Now, if they went back in time and signed Yasmani Grandal from 2017 when he was getting MVP votes, <laughs> I'd be jumping up and down at this move. That would be, even in 2019, when he was pretty decent, um, I would feel really good about this move. Um, well, what you're getting now in Grandal is a guy that, is is a minus 11 and you know runs against average or defensive runs saved yeah is the correct term you know he has i think 13 homers in his last two seasons combined this is a guy that once had 28 and this is not the same guy and he and he struggles defensively he, he's a body he's hopefully a guy that can help with with some of this a catcher, and look at this position. You had Henry Davis, who you had all the opportunities to play, and you wouldn't even give him a sniff in a year where you weren't going anywhere. So what does that tell you about how bad Henry Davis is behind the plate? Jason DeLay is okay, but he can't throw anybody out. He had a good batting average last year. That's nice. Uh, the guy is really their best defensive catcher is this guy, you know, Ali Sanchez, who yeah. they signed in the offseason. This guy throws out – like 40% of the runners, like he's a good defensive catcher. He just hasn't had much opportunity in the majors. So, you know, I know people got worked up about Austin Hedges last year because he couldn't hit, but, man, that guy could, could work with the pitching staff. Now you're going to have a young pitching staff with probably new guys coming in over the span of the year working with catchers that are substandard. And that, that, I think, is an issue for them. Uh, I mean, maybe Grandal finds a fountain of youth. Maybe Henry Davis ends up being them they thought, you know, better than they thought he was going to be. But this catching position is an issue for them, not just at the plate or, you know, with an error here and there. I mean, it's critical, their relationship with pitchers. And yeah. they just don't, they don't have anything back there that makes you feel good. Jeff, one last thing for you while we uh, touch all the bases here. Pitt basketball, you uh, occasionally step in on the mic for Pitt basketball games, and you've been following them throughout the course of the year. They're 15-8 and eight right now. They have, at least at the moment, one game against a ranked opponent remaining. Is there a shot for them to at least get into the tournament discussion for real to get on the bubble? What do they need to do, do you think, um, in order to get into that discussion and maybe get back to the NCAA tournament? It seems like... That's hanging sort of by a thread at this point. Yeah, so they, they would need to get, I think, to at least 11 wins in the ACC, which is doable. That's five of eight. 
Um, it's going to be tough tomorrow at Virginia. Uh, but after you get to 11 wins, then you got to win at least a game, if not two, in the ACC tournament. You do that, and some other things happen to some other teams, and I'm not just talking about in the ACC, but across the country. Uh, I think you've got a chance. You've got a chance. At least you're in the conversation to be in the NCAA tournament. I'll, I'll say this for this group, like, and understandably so. Like they were left for dead a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. I mean, they're one in five. They couldn't win at home, but. You know, they got past having to play Duke and Carolina and Syracuse, who is their, their biggest nemesis of all. And now they're playing some teams that they should beat, and they are beating them. The key one is tomorrow. If they can get tomorrow, that's going to be a really quality win, much like the Duke win was. Like, it would be better for them to win it uh, at Virginia and then lose to Louisville than, it, than vice versa. You know, if they could, they need to find a, a, a resume win. This would be one. There's not many, many other opportunities for them, you know, for the rest of the season until they potentially get in the ACC tournament and would find one of those matchups. You know, maybe they take out a Carolina there or something like that. So I, I don't think it's dead, but, you know, they've got, they still got a lot of work to do. I, I do think they are getting close to being, at least if they can play postseason this year, they can kind of keep that ball rolling. Um, and, you know, they'll have some young guards that hopefully will be better. You add Malik Thomas. I know you've seen him play. Um, he's a very good player. They have high hopes for him being able to play his freshman year. Bra- get, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, Brandon Cummings, Jeff, not Malik Thomas. No, Brandon uh, Cummings. I, oh, yeah. That's, that's a little wishful thinking on his, Jeff's part there, I believe. To speak the other one into an ex- existence. <laughs> Oops, that's my, that's my mistake. Was I really trying to do that, Malik? Come on, come to pitch. Uh, no, I, Brandon Cummings, I'm glad you caught, caught that there. Uh, but you had Papa back from injury, who was a big-time recruit right. that was committed to Michigan. They, they like him in the post. Uh, I think they have a potential to kind of keep this ball rolling if they can at least get into some postseason play. But I'll say this. You know what this team reminds me of with, with not as good rebounding? of Some of Jamie's teams, like they fight. Yeah. That, that's, that's fun to watch. This team isn't the most talented team, but they, I mean, they're there every possession and they're, they're fighting tooth and nail. Um, I would say they're probably, what, eight, nine, ten as far as talent in the league. Uh, but they're finding a way to win games, and, and credit to Jeff for doing that. Yeah, I, I think it's been a really, really good coaching job by Jeff Capel, given where they were and where they are now and some of the wins that they've picked up. Uh, it, it's been a salvaging attempt uh, of of really, really good proportions here, and uh, it's been fun to watch, and hopefully they can find a way to make yeah. some noise here uh, throughout February and March. Jeff, uh, we, we, we touched them all. Thank you, as always. Yeah. Appreciate it, and uh, we'll do it again hey, soon. Josh. Hey, quick aside, I just want to mention this. There were two Make-A-Wish kids that were at Penguins practice mm. today. And they, the two kids were teenagers, and their parents couldn't be more effusive in their praise of Sidney Crosby. And you're coming off those two disappointing games. He couldn't have been – I mean, he made those kids feel special. And at some point, he's not going to play for the Penguins anymore. You know, he'll, his career will be over. Uh, I hope we appreciate not just the player but the person – that he is because, I mean, he made these two kids day, if not life, with the way he acted today. So I just wanted to put that out there for everybody. Kudos to him for and the rest of the team for the way they handled uh, these two kids who are, you know, looking for something to feel good about. Yeah, that's very cool. And you can read more about that from Jeff at 93.7 The Fan.
Com. Jeff, thanks. Good stuff as always. Thanks, Josh. All right, that's Jeff Hathorne, our uh, sports director here at the Fan. That's why it's important to have reporters in uh, in those locker rooms, and and you get those stories, you get that insight, and um, yeah, Jeff's uh, Jeff's the best. He is the uh, the undisputed best, and uh, you know, Jeff has Jeff was the first person to believe in me here at the Fan, uh, and he was the biggest person to believe in me. At the fan. And there have been others, but Jeff has been, um, he has been in my corner uh, from the very start some eight years ago now uh, when we first met doing a pit baseball game on a cold Friday uh, evening at Charles L. Cost Field. And uh, about a year later, I started working here and uh, I'm still here, even though I'm doing some other things as well. Um, I'm still uh, able to do this. And that's in large part because of Jeff. And we've had some really Memorable uh, walks down memory lane, including uh, a couple years ago, we won uh, an award together for uh, broadcasting excellence for our coverage of Ben Roethlisberger's final game. And Joel, I'll have you know, I won two awards this year. I was part, I shouldn't say that. That sounds very, very braggy of me. Two more awards, though, I was a part of winning here this year. One of them, I, I don't even know if I'm allowed to talk about this. I might not be. I don't know if we announced it yet, but it's on the website for this place, so I'm going to talk about it. Pennsylvania um, Association of Broadcasters Excellence Awards. Shelby Cassessi and myself, as well as Ben Tenuta, who helped uh, with the video part for This Hits Different, which used to air here on The Fan, and now is was over on KDK Radio during football season. We got an award for that. And uh, our coverage of the, uh, the uh, Garfield standoff from uh, early in the year at KDK Radio won an award, too, so... I'm probably breaking news and I'm not allowed to break, but at this point, I mean, you know, whatever. It is what it is, right? But thanks to Jeff for joining us. Appreciate that. Uh, and Jeff deser- deserves many, uh, many, many awards for being able to go and talk about literally the Steelers, the Pirates, the Penguins, and Pitt basketball all in one radio segment. Fan Twitter brought to you by South Hills Kia in Peters Township. You can visit them at southhillskia.net. We'll be more, we'll be back with more here on the fan. We'll get back into uh, some of the things we saw from the Super Bowl, including uh, the Super Bowl halftime show, uh, and where they should go next with the Super Bowl halftime show, and the commercials as well. I I had a favorite commercial, and I'm going to tell you why, and I'm going to tell you what it is when we come back. I'm Josh Roundtree. It's a fan evening show. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 